views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Halloween to everybody out there. Wow, Mr. Benny, the day has come. I know. I know. I've been well, the day I've been looking all forward to come. it too. Okay, are you going to share <clears throat> anything about Halloween or are we going to keep it a secret a no, little I bit? No, I can long? do it now. I'm not in costume as we speak. You know, we have our little party a little bit later and it kind of gets in the way during my, you know, my usual shift around here since I'm a one-man band. So, uh, yeah. I'm actually dressing up as cousin Eddie from National Lampoons. Uh, from Christmas wow, Vacation. Nice. Yeah, I did it on Saturday. I did a pretty decent job with it. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go with that. Cool. Yeah. So I'll have photos later. Uh, yeah, oh, I love it. <laughs> I, I'm totally into it. Good. Um, you know, I thought for myself, well, what am I relating to this year? And actually, we're going to be doing a whole show on Halloween here pretty soon. And I looked at what's trending. Now, I don't know if you've been able to kind of look at what's trending in the media, uh, but there's like a little website. And what they've done is they've put up an entire Halloween fact sheet. Hmm. And it's an interactive fact sheet. And what it has is it has the analysis of what people are dressing up as and what the trends are. So. Top of the list is people are dressing up based on movies on films. Right. Okay. Pretty simple. That's yeah. Number one. Yep. Uh, and that like. is really what our show today is going to be talking a bit about and, and then beyond. The next thing they look at is, okay, what are people then dressing up as? And they do it by state. Hmm. And I was like blown away. And one of the things that I noticed is some people are dressing up as rabbits. Number one rank, dress up as a rabbit. Seriously? I, I, you, you know, and I'm thinking today we're going to be talking here with Daniel Jones. And we're going to talk, be talking about become the force about Jedi and Jedi mastery. And I'm thinking to myself... What are people, and I go and look in New Hampshire, number one is to dress up as a rabbit. Interesting. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. Is that just an Idaho? They're dressing up as a rabbit. So what I'm looking at is, okay, yeah, we've got that going on. So I don't understand the rabbit thing, but hopefully we'll talk about it later on. 
the thing that I was looking at mostly is, okay, what else do people dress up as? And that's what we're talking about today. You know, what is it about the energy of this? What is it that we want more of? You know, what is it that when we look at that force of nature that we want to be and want to become, what is it that people want to tap into most, Benny? And I think all of us are a little bit sad that has any of us that have ever followed any of the Star Wars, anything about the Jedi, anything about anything about anything about that, the notion of a last Jedi absolutely doesn't make any sense to us. We don't understand it, but we don't have to because Daniel M. Jones has come out and said, become the force. Nine lessons on how to live as a Jedist master. We don't have to have a last Jedi. And let me just tell you a little bit about Daniel and why I'm so excited about this to, to show today. And Linda, how brilliant is Linda in planning these shows on Halloween, knowing that I don't really get to celebrate my birthday. And so what happens is we get to celebrate Halloween in the greatest way. And so when we start to look at this Jedi phenomenon, Daniel is someone that has looked at this from many, many different perspectives, whether it be music, whether it be uh, looking at the perspectives in our society, whether it is how to look at ourselves, those of us that may be classified as different in the world. Yep, we have been classified as different. And you've heard me talk about this. The thing that the today's show is about, different doesn't mean less than. Daniel, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Hey, guys. It's great to be here. Thank you. You know, let's start with a little conversation about you before we dig into this a little bit. Um, you know, it is really clear in our pop culture right now that we are affixed to and are very interested in the way we are influenced by film, by movies. And yet at the same time, what that means to most of us is that we pick up lessons from it. You've got a book here that says, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I love that this book is going to come out um, on paperback here. You've said, wait a minute, we can all tap into this. We don't have to be something that's just in a movie and long to be it. We can become it. What was it that literally moved you to first tap into your own force and bring it forward and the lessons for our culture today well i think it's quite there's a complex question to answer um and i think one of the things is like you know i could see uh, i don't know I, I feel like we're regressing as a species you know like yeah. so we've got all we've got the most technology we've ever had we've got the most uh, nutritious food we've ever had and we've got all this access to everything information everything but we seem to be regressing and i'm thinking what is going on but i think so from my mind, it was like something must be done about this. And then I, I realized, obviously, I've been a huge, huge Star Wars fan. I've done a bunch of research, searching for those answers, you know, looking how can you be the best you can be, et cetera, et cetera. Because a Jedi is kind of like the best person, you know, you can be. It's a, it's a spiritually enlightened being who's a, a guardian of peace or a, a warrior of peace. And, and I think that's awesome. So to me, it was like seeing society go backwards and thinking, okay, something must be done about this right now, you know. All kinds of crazy things. I mean, politically and socially, uh, the human race has gone just 
I have no idea. Upside down, basically. Yeah. And you know what? Those of us that are looking at the world and look at it from a 35,000 foot level, let's just say. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're not in the weeds of our day to day to day to day. We're able to step back a little bit and ask ourselves, you know, what are we doing as a species? Are we moving forward? And, I, I, you know, I think it depends on where you live. But I will tell you that there is a question mark here in our country, in the United States of America. There's a question mark, especially around behavior and this notion of are we moving forward or are we regressing? And, you know, I had a mentor once, let's just say a Jedi, said mm -hmm. sometimes, Pat, we take three steps forward and one step back. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I really don't like when I have to, when I take three steps back. I really would like to avoid it. Isn't your book about helping people understand how they can continue to move forward? Indeed, it is. Yeah. So it's basically like um, we are influenced heavily by um, the evil dark forces that exist in the universe. Um, and you know, without going into too much detail, it's in a nutshell, it's an evil dark force. But it kind of tries to suppress humanity. Um, that we are not enlightened beings who don't have the capability to do things. And this is prevalent or, or, or evident in um, places where, um, where we're almost told by society that, you know, people who do amazing things are special people. You know, like this person's a hero. You know, this person, pull, and they are heroes, you know. I'm not saying that people who pull people out burning buildings aren't heroes or celebrities aren't, like, um, entertaining. What I'm trying to say is that they're just humans at the end of the day. And we detach ourselves from those realities. We think that they're something more than human. They're almost homo novus, which is incorrect. You know, we're all exactly the same. And so people have this um, decline in motivation for creativity because they see this, like, oh, I can never be like this person. And nobody ever tells them, no, no, you're a human, you're amazing, you do absolutely anything you, you, you put your mind to. And it's kind of like that with the book. It's, it's, it's pushing you forward to propel yourself into being the best you can be, being in touch with the universe, being in touch with uh, the living life force energy and being able to go, okay, I can now take myself forward consistently and achieve great things because I think I can. And I know I can. And, and that's so powerful because people, people never, nobody in school ever tells you, do you know what? You are fantastic. You are able to do anything you've ever done. Because I always say, you know, look at the bridge or, uh, or, or um, some crazy big tower that you think, wow, how did this thing even exist? Some of these great cathedrals we see. And you think, well, these are just done by humans, you know? These are just people, just like you and I. And it's amazing. And I just, I just love enlightening people with things like that because then they never really think about it. They always think that, oh, look at the architect this, and they observe it, but they don't realize that it's just done by people. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you, I love your book and I love it for a lot of reasons. Let me tell you what my thoughts are about it. And then we're going to dig really dig into it. Um, okay. I, I am somebody that is fascinated by imagination and by creativity. And as a child, my childhood wasn't the best in the world. And so my mode of escaping was movies and theater and, you know, growing up in an era where, you know, I wasn't so much interested in the drama of, 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 of that. I was interested in the fascination of it and the newness of it. And one of the things that I got to grow up with, and now it's, it's almost like there's so much of it that, you know, it isn't really the exception to the media, but I got to grow up with some of the most incredible imaginative Let's just talk about TV for a minute. TV. Mm. I mean, mm. to grow up with something called the Twilight Zone, mm -hmm. right? Now, a lot of people are so young, they're not like, we heard the phrase, but we don't know what you're talking about, Pat. Yes, yeah. 
right? They, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. But to grow up with that kind of what just happened in that show right there, <laughs> it, it calls us to really think out of the, as a matter of fact, what I love about your book is you're not really asking us to think out of the box. You're asking us to annihilate the box. And I think <laughs> that's what's required, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's quite funny because um, it, it, what you're saying is, is kind of true and um, slightly, um, you know, going to behind enemy lines when I say this, but yeah. the original Star Trek series, um, I know it's not Star Wars related, but just for television, we were talking about television and how creativity is yeah. amazing, but it was some of the first ever sci-fi ever created in that manner. So all the yeah. stories are brand new and we can see the parallels with like the Beatles. Why are the Beatles so successful? Because they made music that no one had ever done. You know, they created samplers and they had this idea and they did it because they were the first of their kind to express and flex that creativity panel in those genres. We see it as this really big boom of, of, um, of creativity. But unfortunately now we are oversaturated with people wanting to replicate things and, and we kind of, you know, we've played all 12 notes on this, on the, uh, on the scale. We've, we've done all three story plot lines that you can have in movies. So now we're just perpetually going through recycling, but, but what, yeah, what I'm trying to do is get people to say, no, 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 you know, go, you are able to create rather than recreate. And I, and I, I label this all the time. When I speak to people who are feeling a bit kind of like, Oh, I don't know, going with life and stuff. I say to them, look, Think about what you do with yourself. And we, we use the word recreation because it's recreating. And recreating is like, I'm going to go into this field and play soccer. And I play it the same way that somebody else has played soccer. That's recreating. But it's almost like you're a hamster in a spinning wheel and you're just going round and round in this spinning wheel because you're not really creating anything. You're just recreating what somebody else has done. So I say, go out and create something. And the moment you create something that's brand new, that's innovative and, and creative, it'll just obliterate any... Um, doubt you have about yourself and move and, and propel you forward to being like the sun. And so, and, and that's what, how I live my life. I always try to think like, what can I do? to be cool. What can I, how can I make something better? How can I better myself by thinking about something cool? And I think that's such an inspirational thing to realize um, and, and, and to think about. Cause when people say, how do you want to spend your time? And a lot of people spend their time recreating, but I like to spend my time creating. And I think yeah. that's such an amazing thing. Well, I do too, and I want to talk about that for a minute. I, you know, I want to just be really clear for those of you just tu uh, tuning in. Uh, Daniel Jones joining me here today. But the bottom line is, the book is about becoming the force, become the force. And when you read this book, what it does is it takes you on a journey of action items. I love action items to mm -hmm. do. Uh, everything from what are the three three wishes you might have, but to really step forward and to have some have some checkpoints. One of the checkpoints I must check in with you on, that was a little interesting sentence. I want to check in uh, with and start out with the dark side for a minute because the dark side in the world we live in and in your book, by the way, and I, I don't know what page it's on, but I loved it, is one of the dark side items is doubt. Mm. And you talk about it in the book. And I want to have a moment to talk with you about this because what I've discovered in not just my life, but in working with others and doing this for 14 years now, yeah. is the minute that doubt creeps in, it has such an effect, even more so than fear. Doubt is this strange, insidious thing that I think separates a massive Jedi force with a fabulously confirming saber of light mm. and one that doesn't believe that they can actually sling it. 
And I wanted to have you share uh, what you talk about in the book and in your work about doubt. Well, doubt is an interesting thing because, like, like you said, it, it is the, it's the pinnacle between can I, well, okay, so Yoda says, you know, do, do not, there is no try. And trying means that you, if you're try, if, if you go with the mindset, I'm going to try to do something, then you are almost doubting yourself as much as you are not doubting yourself. As much as you believe you can do it, you're doubting the fact that you can do it. And I think that's quite interesting because people always, you know, there's light and there's dark, um, and, and they're the two extremes, and that's how that's how yeah. life is. It, it is in these two two boxes. But people will live their lives through this kind of scale, if you like. So doubt will kind of interfere with it with their, the daily life. But it's that mindset of having the the idea. Where you go, well, okay, I'm gonna, I'm go, I'm going to do that. And when you when you put that in place, then you go, okay, and you will do it because you're going to do it. There's, there's no. There's no doubt about it, um, and that's where that sentence comes from. But in terms of doubt, this is an interesting thing as well, and I and I and I've kind of taught this as well to people when they say, um, "Oh, I'm going to go to uh, I don't know." They say they're going to go on holiday mountain climbing, and they go, "Okay, yeah. I'm going to go mountain climbing," and I go, "Is that what you is that is that what you choose to do?" And they go, "Yeah, I'm thinking about, I'm not really sure." So that <laughs> instance, when they say that, you go, "Well, if you have a doubt, then it's it's a no." So doubt is a uh, is a way of masking the fact that you go, okay, you know, if you're saying like, okay, we're going to have pasta or pizza tonight, and you go, um, oh, I'm going to have pasta, and then you kind of doubt yourself, oh, I should have gone for pizza. Then, you know, you were wrong. That was a wrong decision. So, again, there's no mystery like, oh, maybe, maybe not. It was just a yes or no. And people live, live their lives with this kind of in-between part, and it's kind of, I guess, the psychological reasoning behind it is that they don't want to admit that they could be wrong. You know what I mean? But admitting you're wrong is not a bad thing. But it's in taking doubt out of the equation and putting a solid yes or no into the equation will change will change how you see things and how you operate as a human. And then this is, again, one of the things that I, I try and teach is that if you have doubt about something, then it's a complete no. But if you go in and on, if you, if you start as you mean to go on and you say, yes, I'm going to do that, because we all know deep down what we're going to do. If somebody says, yeah. can you, you know, can you run up a mountain? You go, well, uh, well, at the moment, no, but I probably could do it. And you go, what are you going to do? Are you going to do it? Or are you not going to do it? And if you want to do it, you'll say, I'm going to do it. But, you know, and, it, and it's it's fascinating. But the word, yeah, doubt, I mean, it's such a, it's it's bizarre. And it's almost, it's almost so difficult to explain. You have to experience it to really get it. You know, why do we so resist the notion of, of us becoming a Jedi? Now, I know that there is, that is what you call yourself, right? And I, mm-hmm. and why do we resist the notion that we too can be part of this teaching, can be part of this? Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because there are so many lessons in life, and I've had quite a few of them. And I love in the book, in one of the quotes you have, uh, where I think you say something like, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And I got to tell you, that is my story. And I've been down a few times in a lot of different ways, even from yeah. early childhood. But I've never said that. I've never said that Obi-Wan Kenobi statement, right? I've never mm-hmm. said it, but I've, I've believed it. You know, mm. meaning that, uh, you know, somehow I managed to have more motivation to get up than I've ever done before. But it's a powerful statement, isn't it? Yeah. And, and you know, it, it reminds me of this. Um, I, I, re- I refer to 
the book Fight Club quite a bit in yeah. within the um, within my book, and yeah. I, I actually refer to actually wanting to watch the movie because the movie is gr- a really good way to view it. But um, in in the the movie, Brad Pitt takes a, a cashier clerk from a gas station, puts him on his knees behind the gas station, says, uh, "Mr. Chang, today you are going to die or whatever," and then he says, "Okay." Um, uh, or Chow, the guy's last name is, and he said, you're going to die. And he said, oh, God. You know, he's on his hands and he's got a gun to his head. And he says, what did you want to do before you die? He said, well, I wanted to be a vet. He said, why are you working in a gas station? Get off your knees. And he's like, oh, well, I don't know. You're going to die. And he goes, well, actually, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go home and I'm going to check in on you. And if you're not on your way to being a vet within uh, six months, you'll die. But in, and, then, and then the guy runs off and he goes, you know, Edward Norton says to him, what on earth did you just do that for? And he said, well, tomorrow that guy's going to wake up and have the best experience of his life because he's going to be He's going to be thankful for the life he's living. But he's also now going to reassess what his situation is. And it's kind of like that idea of if you, whatever doesn't um, kill you makes you stronger attitude. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it's, in, it's ingrained in it. And, and this is like the book. The book is kind of taking us back to real basic ideas. Yeah. Thinking, goodness, we've, we've lost the idea of just simple ideas. The, the core principles or axioms of being a human and being alive have just been completely ripped out of it. So that... So you are right. And again, you know, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you have come out. And I guess that is, is, is true across everything. Just like that, you know, if somebody gets, uh, gets attacked and, and, then, and then they survive it, they're going to be a stronger person. They have, they have gained life points in a, in a, okay, I know it's a horrible situation, something like that, but it's still a, you can still turn it into a, a game mm-hmm. for, for yourself and how you, how you are as a person. And, you know, an experience is everything. Um, and I guess that is that is prevalent, you know, like if you, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, whatever you, um, you know, whatever you have mistakes, you learn from those. And that's what people say, I learn from my mistakes. And you do, and we have to, because it's the only way we're going to learn. Just like we, I suppose, early man learned that you couldn't hold fire. <laughs> but, you mm-hmm. know, um, it, it's still a thing that we, we need to use. So, you know, now, oh, I'm wise, I'm not going to hold fire. So I think um, it, it, it's a, with what the book is doing, it's kind of making people re- rethink mm-hmm. about the things that you already know. Like you said, you know, you're not trying to think outside the box. Just get rid of that. Just what get rid are of the you box. doing? You know, yeah. And it's like, you've, you've already known this, but you already have all the tools you need. You just don't have the idea to put it together. And that's what the book is trying to mend that gap. Mm-hmm. between But you already know. And the fact that you've just brushed it aside because society has forced you into this kind of weird perpetual, I don't know, blanket of listening, which is, I think it's, so interesting. I think it is too. And but believe it or not, there was something that was uh, in the background on the TV the other night, and they actually used that quote. And I think it was one of the news channels. Um, <laughs> and we're starting to see it in many, many places. But you've taken a wonderful approach in the book. I mean, each chapter has a special meaning. Each chapter, you know, is built upon this notion and the contributions of others in the book. Please, I would love for you to take a minute and share about the journey of creating the book. Okay, cool. Um, so um, the journey in creating the book is quite an interesting one. It was probably, um, it's probably the weirdest time in my life because I'd, I, was doing, um, I was doing a degree in chemistry at the time. Um, I, was, I was midway through it. And um, I was on a, uh, a a webcast on a Facebook uh, talking to um, Teresa Chung, who is my ghostwriter and, and um, or an editor of the, of the actual book, uh, Become the Force, as you obviously read in the book. And so she invited me on the show, and we spoke about the Force and Star Wars and Jediism and, and what I was trying to do and trying to, you know, enlighten people. When I was also doing this degree, so she said, well, 
maybe we should come up with a book. And it wasn't the first time I'd heard this. I actually had a, um, a HarperCollins message me about seven years prior and we we're interested in doing a book. But I was no good at, I wasn't in my, you know, I wasn't in the right frame of mind. I was a lot younger then, you know, I was in my mid twenties and, you know, it, it, who wants to read a book by some 20 something year old, you know, if they say, oh, you know, at least he's 30, <laughs> you know, and then, and it's kind of like, it's sad, but it's true. So for me, the journey was like, okay, uh, I had to compile everything I, uh, everything I'd studied my entire life and then really concisely put it into this, um, uh, these, these nine chapters. And, and, and it's, it's fascinating how we did it. The book, book was written over an entire year, but we, we set aside one hour every week to, to, to compile the, the chapters via audio. And it was just, it was just phenomenal. But what made it fascinating for me was that it was almost like reflecting back on everything I'd ever studied. And so when you, when you're, when you're collating everything to put it into a book format for all the references and the studying you've done and all the information you've gathered and the, and the thoughts and the ideas that I put in from my experiences, it kind of, I don't know, you, you sit and think, wow, you know, and it becomes more exciting, I guess. I don't know. And it kind of fills with energy and that's what the kind of book was for me. But the, the interesting thing about it was that I was, writing this book and my dissertation in chemistry at the exact same time. And it was so weird. That, so the, the deadlines for both of them were the same day. And I found that was just the weirdest thing. So I had these two really crazy books I was writing at the same time. But, um, but the journey of the book really, again, started about seven years prior. You know, I had this idea for this book and it's nine chapters. And all the chapters in the book that you see now were the original names and the original chapters, title chapters for the book when I, when I thought about it maybe seven to eight years ago when half phones were interested. Uh, but, you know, I wasn't ready for it then. So um, it was really nice to kind of, you know, think this information is still all about everything that I'm doing and it's still valid. And, and it was just, yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it is. And what we're seeing is that, you know, for the people that are tuning in, we're going to actually give away three copies of the book, Become the Force. But what it is, is it takes our consciousness that uh, that we now have in our yeah. pop culture. And what I mean by that is in our everyday lives, you know, in our everyday lives. I mean, you know, I used Halloween as an example of talking about what are the people uh, showing up as what do they want to be in yeah. this holiday season? And yeah. when we come back, we're going to talk about that a little bit more because I think we'll be surprised. The question is, is there a new generation of Jedi that are emerging through our culture? And what does it mean for us to develop our self-defense and martial arts what do we do? What do we need to do? And how does Daniel take us on a journey of creating that emotional energy we need to well, really step forward as this? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely um, there's definitely a new kind of generation of people who are coming up to the plate uh, who are who are primed for this, and that's why I think the book is so relevant right now. Is because people are people have been searching for these, these things basically their entire lives. And so to me, it's kind of like, it's a, it's perfect time. People are, are, are moving out of the slump we've been into. They're moving away from the emotional depression that everybody kind of faces in, in today's society due to economic and global issues. But, um, it, it's combining self-defense, which is martial arts, um, mm -hmm. with a spiritual guidance philosophy, kind of like Tai Chi and yoga. And it's all of those, um, types of ex uh, martial arts experiences which will help you be enlightened and I think 
those are so powerful because people want to go to karate and boxing to be like, you know, I'm going to kick some ass. And, and it, it, it's okay, it's great if you want to be a macho man, but it's not spiritually enlightening. But in terms of yoga and tai chi, these are spiritually enlightening because they concentrate the mind and the soul and the spirit to be in line with the universe, the, the force, the natural life force, and you have that communication. But once you have that communication, I mean, you, you'll radiate just like the brightest star ever. Here's what I want to talk about when we come back and give away copies of the book. You sure. know, what does it require for each of us, Daniel? What does it require for each of us? What are some of the things we can learn right out of the gate? What's our new mantra? That's in the book, too. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to give you lots of information how you can get your own copy of the book. And what is it that we, as a culture, are now relating to, probably, if you looked at just this holiday, more than any other characters right now. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Have you ever said to a friend, I am trying to be less stressed. I am hoping to meet someone special. Or how about, I am working on getting a job I love. Hi, I'm Eve from Elite Tarot, host of the weekly show, Mainstream Metaphysics Radio. Words like hoping, wanting, and trying may seem innocent. However, they carry with them emotional weight that actually blocks energy. Next time you start to say these words, say instead, I am becoming less stressed. I am looking forward to meeting someone special. I am pursuing a job I love. While your brain may resist, note how your body physically feels as possibility of success suddenly appears. As an intuitive coach and professional tarot card reader, I work with clients worldwide on using energy effectively to embrace joy. If you'd like to schedule a session, please visit my website at elitetarot.com. That's E-L-I-T-E-T-A-R-O-T.com. Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Amber Teal, founder of The Healthy Edge, is bringing you the hit show, Healthy Edge Radio, living with power, passion, and purpose. Amber provides the support and tools necessary for you to finally release the weight and emotions that are hidden beneath the weight. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information on how you can take the next step with Amber, visit GetTheHealthyEdge.com. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat, joined here by Dr. Nusheen Darvish. Dr. Pat Basili and Dr. Nusheen Darvish will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. I'm so excited to be talking about this. We have so much to share. Dr. Darvish and I are planning to do is connect the dots. People suffering with all sorts of chronic diseases, it's time. It is time for them to transform. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio and help keep our mission strong. 
for the loyal listeners out there that have been listening to this incredible show on Lyme disease, we are not going to let you down. We're going to come through stronger and enrich the platform for Lyme disease awareness through Lyme Talk Radio. The message will continue. The conversations will become stronger and the healing epic. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Happy Halloween for those of you out there. And those of you that are listening now to the replay of this, yeah, this was a show we did on Halloween, and we're really excited about our lineup for this day. So make sure that if you're looking at our podcast uh, after the fact, you check out uh, October 31st. Daniel Jones joining me here today. Daniel, before we kind of jump ahead, um, I would like to know how can people find out more about you? How can they get involved in what you're doing and also get a copy of the book? Sure. So um, you can just go to becometheforce.com and that will have all information and links everywhere. It's uh, Right now, it's just a holding page. Get a picture of the book. You can order it from Barnes & Noble or, or Amazon. But um, come the 16th of November, there'll be a bunch of information on there and get in touch with me directly. But we're also on Facebook. So if you just look for The Church of Jediism on Facebook, you'll uh, definitely come across us. Yeah. And the reason I'm excited about this is because anywhere you go in this book, you'll find quotes. And that's what, for me, that's what this show and our network has been about for 14 years. It really is about, and I said this once before, it's about the elimination of the words try and can't from your vocabulary and your consciousness. Mm -hmm. And you're giving us tools to do that. I'd love to give a copy of the book away right now. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. So I want to make a reference and then let's talk about it. I, I don't think yeah. any of us are really excited right now about the whole Last Jedi thing. You know, yeah. and, and we're watching the trailer for the movie, right? And I'm watching the trailer for the movie. And, of course, seeing Carrie Fisher in there just makes me cry. But I'm watching the, mm. and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. I don't want to. do I really want to go see a movie where the dark side may win? So this is me now, right? This is Mm. my consciousness because that's the image they're portraying in it. Or, or do I want to go see the justice league movie? Because wait a minute, there's like an army of good people beating the army of bad people. And you see the energy of that, that's going on in my consciousness. I, I mean, everybody on the planet right now that has ever watched The Walking Dead has figured out that, my, you know, Michonne's quote of stop fantasizing about failure, focus on winning. And the whole energy of that now is a reprieve from anything that has come before. Aren't we now ready to all become Jedi, all become masters, and all become winners. I mean, that's what I'm saying about the that, about this energy that transcends our politics and news, really. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. I think. Um, <laughs> I think uh, just just to go back to the, the movie part, yeah. of that, I think Disney Disney is spinning as a wild card here. I don't think it's actually the end of any Jedi. I think they're just yeah, basically so. trying to make sure that the everybody goes to the movies because they think this is the last one, and I'm never going to see anything again. But yeah. you know, Disney likes to milk everything. Uh, it would be the silliest thing they ever do to get rid of the Jedi. So it's probably just going to be like, it's time for the Jedi to end eating this sandwich. You know, like, I think it's going to be something very simple. But um, but in terms of people waking up and being a 
a more positive vibe person to be like, yeah, I, I want to be a Jedi. Well, they don't know it. They don't know. They don't call it that, but they want to do something because I see this thirst for something. I've never seen yoga classes more full. I've yeah. never seen nutrition bars so full. I've never seen so much people wanting to be vegetarian. I've never seen so many people wanting to use mindfulness tools to get through their daily life. It's phenomenal. And by saying that, I think people are ready for something. They've been waiting their whole lives for this. And this is what I'm trying to do with the book. I'm like, I know I've been waiting here, you know, my entire life to, to compile this information to get it to somebody. Because to me, I always say, somebody says, oh, what's the book like? I said, look, it's like an idiot's guide to Buddhism. And they say, like, what's that mean? I say, well, in Buddhism, you've got like the Eightfold Path and you've got to learn this and that and learn like different namings. And it's all very confusing. And it takes you, you know, it's pretty much a degree to get through it before you can say, right, I'm a Buddhist so through and through. But with the book, I feel like it, it gives you everything. You can say, right, I've read the book. I know where to go. And then it starts you on that journey. And, and the beauty of, of your life and beauty of life in general is that the journey is down to you and you decide where that goes. And that's just amazing. Yeah. So here, let's talk about this because I said I would share this this segment. So what is the new generation I'm referring to? Since we're in Halloween, since we're talking Jedi, since we're talking Jedi skills, since we're talking, you know, what happens for you as a person, what do you have to do? What transformation does one have to go through to deal with your own inner demons, right? And that's what we're talking about too. Mm -hmm. You know, part of transformation is, yeah, like I'm fighting what? A giant something or other out in the world or do we first fight that demon that's within ourselves? And isn't that also the storyline for becoming a Jedi as well? Yeah, it is. And I think it's, it's, it's taking care of your soul, I guess, and or mm. your spirit or however you want to see it. And it, it's, it's understanding and facing it head on because we all have demons. We all have um, issues that we need to face. When you face those issues, it's like somebody lifts, you know, a thousand pounds off your shoulders. You're able to kind of think straight. You can articulate. It's kind of like, you know, an example would be you're really worried about something, right? And yeah. you're building it up in your head and you're building it up. Then you share that with somebody and somebody says, oh, that's easy. I can solve that for you. And they do it and you go, oh, my God. And then you sleep there, you know? And you go, and that's all it is. But it, that's a physical sense, a, 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 a materialistic kind of um, physical matter sense. But in terms of the human and how it exists, where it exists, we do not know, but I mean, as in a, a person vibrating in a certain energy field and, and reality being abundant here, I think when you, it's a self-discovery platform that you need to first deal with. Because it's, like, it's kind of like, hey, look, if I'm giving all my energy away, or if I'm giving all my money away from to charity, I become a charity myself. So if I'm giving all my energy and all my, uh, and all my emotional um, response to everybody else and not treating myself as priority number one, then I am... I am again adding to that consistent issue. So it, it, it's a it's a it's a program. It's a it's a path to self-discovery to face your problems head on, fix them, understand them, accept them, and move on. Yeah. So let's. This is what I love about this. What was the phenomenon that took the entire? pop culture in the United States by storm. And I'm not talking about our election. I'm talking about the residency that people have, the relatedness they have. And so it's right in line with what you have in your book. And so when you're looking at what are kids showing up as, this is a perfect example of the of a little bit of a gap in generations, right? You ready? So if most kids or people show up as Wonder Woman, Everybody gets it. And clearly, that's a massively popular character. 
let's talk about why. Why is she that? And it is because I think of the elements that you put in the book. You know, the Jedi it has always been a character, the dark force, all of that. This is the first female character that has come along that has represented the depth and the breadth of how to achieve, not just achieve for the sake of winning, but how to achieve through love. And boy, I'll tell you, that was such a universal message um, it, throughout this. I mean, everybody's dressing up at, as Wonder Woman. I was talking to a friend of mine, and she said, I don't know what to do. My son wants to be Wonder Woman. I said, well, let your son be Wonder Woman. I mean, mm-hmm. what, are, what are you saying you don't know what to do? Um, <laughs> yeah, well. His sister's being Wonder Woman. He doesn't understand. Why can't I be Wonder Woman? And um, and so isn't she representative as well of a Jedi force? Yeah, and I think it's, it's do you know what it, what it actually represents? To me, I can see it. It's A lot of people think strength is um, a physical manifestation, manifestation of muscle or, or an emotional manifestation of being able to suppress um, uh, depression. But, but strength is um, where you are able to love unconditionally and be the, 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 a support mechanism that's based mm-hmm. on love and, and, a, and a person who acts out of love rather than out of impulse. Because, and that to me is strength and strong. And so she is a strong woman in that sense. And so people are saying, I want to be that strong and I want to be powerfully moved by love. And I think that's where that comes into play. But we don't see it as a conditional thing. We see it like, and yeah. it's, it's, um, yeah, it's an unconscious kind of effort that we understand. But it's humans thirsting for that move, like I said in the book, you know, it's people thirsting for that, that new uh, way of, mm-hmm. of living. Oh, not, not a new way of living, should I say, the ancient way of living. Well, I want to ask you about a quote in the book, and I just want to say we've got another copy of the book to give away, 1-800-930-2819. I love this book. This book is not only a great read for all of you, but I'm actually going to be giving this book uh, to a 10-year-old who loves to read with her dad, Uh, 1-800-930-2819. There's a quote in the book, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter, and That is worth a conversation, I think, Daniel, to talk about, Uh, because not many people might know what that means, but you go on to talk about it. Um, You also go on to talk about growing up again, um, and you are what you eat and drink. And then Mm -hmm. you talk about something in this chapter that is one of my favorite concepts ever, and I happened to study with a professor in California that was researching it, and it's called The Flow. I wanted to ask you about the flow and the conversation of the flow in becoming a Jedi. Well, the um, so you asked two questions. I'm getting confused yeah. now. Which which one are we going to ask first? Sorry. So, Whichever you so feel you, most uh, comfortable doing. Just just. Okay, so the so the the the, the idea of crude matter when we are illuminous or, or we're enlightened beings is the fact that a lot of people will base themselves on the idea that of the. Um, the physical manifestation of a person, a person being here in time, here in space, and that everything is a, a reaction due to the fact that we are here. And we can see it, you know, we can feel it, we can touch it. But the, the, the weird thing about it is that we're only experiencing the reality we exist in because we know we are alive 
but it's the reason we're alive is because we think we're alive. I find that fascinatingly bizarre because <laughs> people people don't understand that to be human, it's to be you know oh I have to look good or I have to do I have to you don't have to do anything. You are amazing and you are your projection, like the Buddha said, you know, we are the imagination of ourselves. We project everything we see. And one of the things that I try and explain to people is that we are infinite creativity and you are this um, enlightened being that will always be enlightened, but you have to understand that first. And a good way of getting to that very quickly is saying like, and I always use this example when I'm telling people this, they say, well, how, how do I understand what you're talking about? I say, look, when you, when you're awake, you experience everything and you can see everything, touch it. And you say, yeah, I'm alive. This is going to happen over there. There's a truck and it's driving off into the distance and it's probably going to do something in a, a construction yard. And that's what you think is going to happen. But to be honest with you, none of that will probably ever happen because you can't experience it. It, it doesn't happen because when you go to sleep at night, the entire universe goes to sleep with you. And what this all this proves is that when you think about the universe and how we exist, you think, wow, everything in the universe has to be perfectly in line you know, it has to have the right temperature on the earth, water, vapor, you know, and the right amount of food and blah, blah, blah. And you think, wow, everything is so special. I'm just a speck of dust in this whole thing. And you say, well, you couldn't be more wrong because without you, none of that stuff could exist. Because you are alive, because you experience those things, all of those re rely on your ability to sense them. Because when you die, the entire world dies with you. And it sounds weird because you're experiencing something now between you and I, but it's what you have projected, if that makes sense. And, it, and, it's, and it's, an, it's a fascinating concept. But I always say that it's like when you go to sleep and you have a dream that may last, I don't know, 10 minutes and you, and you wake up, you're oh, been asleep for 10 minutes, but you may have experienced six hours worth of dreaming. And because when you sleep, in my opinion, you're experiencing infinite creativity. And to me, infinite creativity is consciousness because consciousness exists between vibration and energy because the consciousness of a person is neither vibration or energy. And that is infinite creativity. You are enlightened because you are able to communicate and experience that uh, creativity. And, uh, and yeah, you are not this kind of physical manifestation that we perceive ourselves to be. Well, and, you know, I love what you're, I love what the reference is that we're talking about, because let's continue this here in the last 10 minutes we have and go back to what I said earlier uh, in my thinking about there is a new generation. And to keep with the Halloween theme, if we could, one of the most popular character costumes dress up and the one character costume dress up that, le that the greatest number of adults cannot recognize who the character is right so it's mm. you know you go out and you clearly can see that that kid is wonder woman right yeah but yeah. what about this other and i gotta call it a complete force that is monopolized by children and that's stranger things on netflix oh yeah monopolizing the world the most popular costumes conversations right now on halloween have to do with these characters that most adults by the way don't recognize trick or treat yeah. you knock on the door right the kid i was just talking to a child uh, who was dressing up with one of the least known characters knocking on the door she said hello everybody's asking me so my mom created a, a label a card like a name a name yeah. card. And I'm thinking, 
these kids know who these characters are and why they want to become them, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's funny because I think, you know, I think Stranger Things is so popular and so popular to young people because it's it's like people have a thirst for knowledge, don't they? And Stranger Things gives you this kind of what-if scenario. So what if we could break through into alternative universes? It open, and what if these are just normal kids back in the 80s? Technology's got nothing to do with it because it's back in the 80s. It's not like the technology, technology we've got now. It's analog systems. But science fiction still exists in this, in this alternative universe. And, and, and to me, that's kind of people thirsting for um, paranormal activity. You know, people are obsessed with paranormal activity. That's why the Halloween is such a popular holiday. But paranormal activity is the, is the soul's way of flexing its muscles to say, this is something, the reason you're, you're resonating towards it is because it's real. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like yeah. people, never, people don't realize it, but that's why. You know, why does Halloween exist? Why does this thing even happen? Because paranormal activity is something we are, we are inherently uh, accustomed to, and, and we love it. But um, the new generation love it even more because they've got, again, millennials making TV shows for millennials, and there you have it, and that's why you have this kind of generation gap. But something funny, I think you said that one of the, the Halloween costumes, and this is my opinion on it, you said one of the popular Halloween costumes was a bunny rabbit, right? Yes, and it was a rabbit. People, it's popular. Yeah. And, I, and do you know why I think that's popular? And this Tell is me. just me being a kind of a crude psychoanalysis. It's because Alice in Wonderland, they, they refer to the rabbit hole as going down the rabbit hole. Oh. And the rabbit lives down the rabbit hole. But she okay. goes down the rabbit hole to figure out what is going on. So to be the rabbit, just like in the Matrix movie, Follow the White Rabbit, yeah. it is the, it's, the, it's the starting, it's the seed, it's the first step towards enlightenment. Because in Matrix, he follows the white rabbit, becomes enlightened, he realizes what the universe he's in. In Alice Wonderland, she falls white rabbit, goes down the hole. She realizes that she's in this crazy wonderland. So to me, that's a, uh, an unconscious attempt at people saying, I'm at the first step of un uh, uncovering what is happening, and I'm, I'm getting my way down this rabbit hole. But that was just my look yeah. on it. Well, I've saved the best for last in this, and it has to do with, you know, when we talk about Become the Forest. Before we start doing this, one more time, how can folks get a copy of the book, Daniel? How can they find out more about you? Sure. Okay. So you can uh, pop over to becometheforce.com, and you can pick up a copy from Barnes & Noble or Amazon, uh, depending on your geographical location. But to if you really want to know a little bit more on me, um, you should check me out on YouTube, because I'm quite a big YouTuber, so I do a lot of YouTube stuff. Um, so it's youtube.com forward slash the Aspie world and A-S-P-I-E world. So the Aspie world and you'll see a bunch of stuff and I talk about the book and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, very, very interesting. Good information on the become the force.com and more will be available on the 16th of November. So here's the question. And I love that. This is a, for me, a great way to kind of, you know, bring things three circle in the book yeah. and in, in the whole Jedi series and energy, I think most of us wanted to hold out for uh, the dark side, uh, for the mean character, the bad guy in the films, in the energy, in the movie. I think a lot of us wanted to hold out for a transformation of goodness. Now in our day, we are not so much holding out. Like let's that was back then, right? Now what we're doing is we're looking at some characters that walk on the edge of good and bad. And here's one of them. 
believe it or not, at the top of the list outside of Stranger Things and Wonder Woman, it must be the year for female Halloween costumes, <laughs> is the wonderful, you try to figure it out, don't ever make another Suicide Squad without Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. Don't do it. Well, Make her own movie. And isn't it this interesting? I think she represents both light and dark side. What do you think? No, I, I do. I, I think so, too. And I think that's fascinating. That's why I'm kind of smiling when you said that. Because she is... Um, it's like she's inherently um, bad, you know, because that's, that's kind of person. <laughs> is that she's trying to... She's trying to not be as bad. You know, it's that kind of, it's that effort that's been put in there because, hey, I'm a badass or whatever, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not this, I'm not this horrible person that's going to kill everybody. You know, they're trying to bet themselves. And I think maybe it's a reflection on a lot of people, you know, people like, oh, you know, I smoke and I drink and I, you know, eat too much red meat, but I'm trying to better myself and I'm trying to move past that. And maybe it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it just represents a lot of people. So I think that's why it resonates a lot. And I was in Comic Con in in London yeah. uh, on Saturday. Just gone. Oh. I was doing a panel talk there, oh. and um, so I was just because we had these passes. Obviously, because when you're doing when you appear in there, you have passes. So I was just walking about, and and it was probably the most. There were two costumes I'd seen abundance of. One was Harley Quinn, and the second was Eleven from Stranger Things. So I found exactly. that so insightful. I was like, wow, and and maybe it is because. Again, you know, Stranger Things. Just so, just slightly go back a bit. The reason Eleven's so popular is because she's got she's telekinesis and and a psychokinesis. So I think those traits again resonating towards um, paranormal activity within humans is kind of one the first to become a homo novice. And I think that that's just fascinating as well. And I guess Harley Quinn's just really really hard and and very um, confident. And I think a lot of young women want to be confident and feel kind of like, uh, I don't know, sexy, confident, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And yeah. that's a way of expressing that, you know, through the superhero kind of attitude or a supervillain. So it's kind of like, mm -hmm. kind of ignore the bad to get to the fact that she's got this, you know, really cool attitude and this really cool kind of confidence level. So maybe that's why they're doing it. Well, it's interesting. And I know we've had a couple of minutes left, but I'll tell you from a parent's perspective and what was shared with me when the when her daughter walked up and said, you know, I'm thinking about being 11 or I'm thinking about being Wonder Woman. I'm thinking about being Harley Quinn. Mom says, oh, you don't want to be 11. Uh, and, and so what, what, why did mom think that? Because this child was wanted to make an appointment to get her hair cut. So this is the parent's worst nightmare is when their child wants to become this character for Halloween, mm -hmm. which means 18 inches of blonde hair has to come off. And the ch and kids don't really care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, yeah, Dan. Yeah, one, yeah, 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 one last question. Thank you. Uh, personal message, what would you like to leave us with today? Um, I always... I always try to think of something good to say if I ask this question, but um, I always want to say to people that um, if you be great, you can do great things. So always think highly of yourself and deeply of the universe. I love it. For those of you that missed any part of this, you're going to want to hear this later on tonight. Daniel M. Jones is the author of Become the Force. We've given you lots of information. Please make sure you get a copy of this book. It is amazing. And for those of you that are out there thinking, what can I share with my child? What can I share in common to eliminate the words can't and try? This is going to help you enormously. Let's take a short break. We're not done on Halloween yet. We'll be right back.
preceding audio was via a Skype call.